And we are officially rolling. Officially on the, on the clock. Oh, hi there. Welcome back to the Wednesday Morning Surf Report, the podcast that answers tomorrow's questions today. I am uh, once again uh, one of your hosts, Rick Larson, and with me on the soundboard is our other illustrious host, Jeff Cardello. Yeah. Greetings, audience. I hope you're having a grand time, whatever you're doing. Oh, yeah. In the new year. First show of the new First, year. First, is this season two? Or I'm going to season yeah, I one. Think we should call it season two. Since we, we officially voted for the tallest guest of season okay. one, I think, yeah, this is the beginning of season two. All right, so here so, we are. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump in and introduce our guest this week. Um, our first guest is a long time. I think on your third appearance, we get to call you a friend of the show. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> that's, that's so uh, this guy is a, a writer, a performer, an actor. Um, it seems like I see him all the time on YouTube <laughs> in, in people's various projects. Uh, Kevin Patterson. Kevin, what's a, an interesting fact you want to tell the world about yourself? Uh, an interesting fact about myself is that I was born on March 14th, and I'm not very good at math, so I didn't figure out that I was born on the day of Pi till in my 40s was when I finally oh. realized that I was born on Pi Day. Oh, okay. It didn't, it didn't used to seem to mean a lot, like back in the olden days. It was always uh, always the fifteenth was the Ides of March, and that was the one you'd get like references from your teachers. Well, that was the one. I was twenty minutes shy of the Ides yeah. of March. Oh, I was okay. always I, I was kind of because I'm a history guy. I like history, and yeah, yeah. So I was always bitter my whole life that I wasn't born on the Ides of March. But I could have embraced early on that I was born on a you know a math day, and that could have changed my whole life. Yeah, right? I could have yeah, been a rocket a, scientist or something, or or something. Um, yeah, I actually just learned from researching uh, something else that Mark Antony, the defender of Julius Caesar, was uh, born on January 14th. So his birthday's coming up right around the corner. Mm, too. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our other guest. He's a local comedian and a funny guy, um, Matt Micheletti. Hello, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. What's a what's a fact you'd like to tell the world about yourself? Uh, interesting fact about myself. Um, I always wanted to be a firefighter, but I'm extremely afraid of fire. Oh. So, yeah, kind of counteracts so, the one. It, know, yeah, it, I guess it... Uh, it <clears throat> the natural eneminess of it, though, does kind of lend itself to being yeah. a firefighter. But probably running away and... Cowering yeah, but if is, you were you know, a, the best firefighters, I would expect are those that respect the fire. So there we go. Fear of oh, them, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. even uh, is that why you wanted to be a firefighter? Because you wanted to get the world rid of it. You hated it so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stamp out fire forever. Kind of more. Uh, more. I was always a, a huge nerd in high school, and I always wanted to do something manly. You know, oh, okay. something deemed okay. manly. You were. You were. Steve Buscemi was one of your. Uh, yeah, your yeah. idols. Yeah, yeah Rio. Legendary New York firefighter Steve. Oh, Bushimi. that's right. Yeah. When I was thirty, I was left teaching to look for a new job, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. So I got this harebrained idea to be one of the people that that parachute into fires in the jungles of uh, yeah, Montana. Yeah. So I somehow found this phone number for like 
what do you even call that? What are, there's a, there's a name. There's it's a like the name. smoke jumper. jumper. Yeah. Smoke jumper. Yeah. So yeah. I found the number of a smoke jumper outfit in Montana, and I called it, just cold called it. Mm-hmm. And some guy, the phone picks up, a big burly voice says hello. I hear a lot of very hearty laughter in the background. Like, very, very hearty laughter. <laughs> and I'm like, um, I'm thinking about being a smoke jumper. Like, do you, can I send my resume somewhere? <laughs> and the guy said, whatever, kid. And like, threw the phone down. And I, oh. and I realized that I was not tough enough or local enough. to. Uh... <laughs> I like that they were, they just knew they they just knew you weren't tough enough. By the way, the phone yeah. rang. Yeah, you know? that sounds like, like as a if they were like yeah, call. they were marking up a tally yeah. on the wall in chalk. Like that's the ninth yeah. call this yeah. week. When a tough when a tough guy calls, the phone rings like this. Ring, 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 ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. One of our uh, one of our former neighbors, the kid that went to school with my son, um, is now a smoke jumper in Arizona. Mm. He came by to to catch up on old time because they've moved away um, since then. But he came by to to catch up. Is he incredibly fit? Good. Um, theoretically, he was wearing a big coat, so I couldn't, mm. <laughs> couldn't really tell. Um, we asked him to flip over a giant tire, but he was like, "Oh, I'm off the clock." And, <laughs> and so it was too bad too because we had uh, you know people trapped under that tire. But, oh, rest in peace. Uh, yeah. Well, Another, another. This episode is dedicated episode. to them. Yeah, in remembrance. In remembrance of yeah. Them. There was the, five or six died. That's yeah. In uh, what Prescott? It's, it's sad story. If you're gonna change Bigfoot's tires, you need to think. Thing you need to think in advance too. Yeah, you need also need a really large jack. <laughs> a regular size one is not gonna not gonna cut it. Hey, does anybody want to answer a question? Sure, always. All right. Let's find out what this week's important uh, hot button issue ripped from today's headlines is. So, Kevin, why don't you pick one out for us and read it to the audience? What is the deal with eavesdropping? What is the deal with eavesdropping? eavesdropping? Wow. Man, yeah. I told you, these are. That is uh, very timely. The the NSA a lot of uh, a lot of talk about about privacy. Oh, this is true. And yet our audience is voluntarily uh, eavesdropping on us. Yeah, they yeah, they are, yeah, they are letting our voices into their digital uh, equipment. So yes, yeah, we are voluntarily opening ourselves up to uh, to be eavesdropped upon. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever eavesdropped on anyone intentionally or otherwise? Oh sure, I'm sure I have. Well, as a teacher, I eavesdropped on kids all the time. Oh right? yeah, and that's the whole purpose of selective hearing is so that you can eavesdrop. Like you let people, they put their guard down mm-hmm. uh, so that you kind of listen in. Um, at work, I'm a trainer. Um, people often say I look like Chris Farley, and. I can see them. I can hear them saying it to each other, and they don't want to say it to me. Uh-huh. So then I'll start doing like Farley impersonations, <laughs> pretending that's just the way I normally act. Oh, that's pretty great. But no, uh, no, I've been eavesdropped on. You know, I lived in Damascus, Syria, uh, when mm. the secret police were there. They bugged all our phones because we were any international person. They bugged their phone. This is two thousand and one, so there was not a civil yeah. war there yet. Could you t- were, like would your 
phone like cut out or like make weird clicks you, you, or you would dial the number you could hear them eating a sandwich yeah. fall, you would hear sandwich. an audible click uh and then the mm-hmm. phone would be let through and a friend of mine who taught there uh, was hispanic mexican-american and he's talking to his mother one time in english and he switches to spanish and a voice came on the line that said could you please speak in a language that we can understand <laughs> and his mom oh God. totally flipped out. Wow. Um, yeah. like, I'll call you back later. Uh, so I've been eavesdropped on. That, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I used to work in a call center, and they periodically—I mean, they record everything you say—and mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes though, they will actively listen in on a live call. I don't know if they're. Imagining they're gonna like if you really mess up, they're gonna run over and body tackle you and like take the phone away from you. No, let me let me handle this. Uh, but like the when they do that, you get like the worst echo, and you're trying to sound your most professional because you know your parents are listening, and you're gonna get in trouble over this. But everything you say is echoed back to you while the customer is talking. And you can't hear or do or accomplish anything, and it's like I think it's it 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 was infuriating. Like you're 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 trying to judge people based on, and then you know let's just put them in some quicksand for a little while. Yeah. Do you think the client could hear that guy? Would they ever comment on it? Um, and not that not to me. It it wasn't like an everyday thing, but it was you know every few weeks it would it would come up. And it would just be for a few minutes, and then they would drop off, and it would go back to a normal conversation. But it just, it like immediately puts your guard up, and you're like, am I saying the seven things I'm supposed to say? And, and uh, always, yeah, they, it's definitely a highly micromanaged lifestyle. I heartily recommend it to no one ever, anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's, it's the kind of job where you'll have a meeting and they'll hand out a piece of paper where they've written down like the lengths of time everybody on the team has gone to the bathroom for the last month. Oh my God. Like they don't say that's what it is, but you have to sign out to go to the bathroom. So if you have a lot of sign out time, basically, you know, you're not you're not take, taken off to go mm-hmm. rafting. You're mm-hmm. <laughs> You're using the bathroom, so, right? Yeah. So, so Kevin, did um, as far as this surveillance of your phone conversations, like, was this just? Did they? Was this not a secret at all? Were they like very open, like, hey, we're gonna listen to your calls, or was it like everyone knew and didn't talk about? No, like, everybody knew. It was kind of an open secret. secret it was kind of an open secret. The secret police there were, you know, it was a totalitarian state, so they mm-hmm. are trying to keep people down. So they didn't keep the secret police a, a secret. They had, they would come in my apartment on a regular basis. And one time I came in my apartment, I had two banned books. One was the biography of Assad, who was this fucking horrible dictator and human being. Mm-hmm. And another one was uh, uh, Barut to Jerusalem. But anyway, I had two banned books. And I came home from work, and my two banned books were in the center of my kitchen table with all of my hidden money on top of it. Right, that I had hidden somewhere because we got paid in cash. Oh yeah, yeah. And I sat down and was like, 
why did I do this? When did I put like two banned books on the middle of my table and all my money? I don't remember doing that. And it took me a while to realize that they had come in and wanted me to know that they knew that I had two banned books and where I had my money. So mm-hmm. it was a secret who did it, but the fact that they were doing it was not a secret. Maybe you just had very creative housemaids. <laughs> Yeah, or a maid. I did have a maid. Yeah. Maybe the maid was like, listen, I really don't know what to do with this right yeah. here, so there yeah. you go. I'm not, uh, I'm not touching it. <laughs> yeah. I think that I've heard that the owner of Amazon, mm-hmm. Bezos, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. That he films everything, right? He's obsessed with recording his whole life. And I could see that rich people with giant egos are going to do that. But then they can't edit it because if you're... Like at some point, many of us are going to film <laughs> two hours of <laughs> filming. He's got two hours of himself of, editing, of editing it. right? Yeah. And it takes longer to edit. So I'm sure at some point, and there probably is people at this point already who all their waking life is recorded. So someone else is, they're going to have to pay somebody to edit that thing, to go through it. Mm-hmm. So they know that their life is constantly being eavesdropped in. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, but it's not, you don't hear the whole dialogue, you just hear snippets, and I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of, uh, of, of that, but at the same time, like, I'm not, I'm not as shy about being photographed, maybe, as I should be. <laughs> Like I'm pretty open if somebody pulls a camera out, ah, make a stupid face and not pay any attention to the fact that I'm gonna see that a little bit later. Be like, oh, wow, look how fat I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did uh, I did work for um, that uh, phone company, we'll call them, uh, when all those NSA stories broke, and I had people for better part of a week just calling us to tell us off mm-hmm. like they were so mad about this story in the news that they were going to call you know somebody in it working for $15 an hour and and yell at them like they had any control or any any idea that any of that was going on and and uh, yeah I had one guy that my kids still tease me about this that just called the I just wanted to let you know that you're a Nazi. And then he hung up the phone on me. Because <laughs> your company recorded people? Yeah. 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 You know, the irony of 1984, the idea it was that we all signed up for it now, right? And mm-hmm. you know, maybe people don't like their phone calls being recorded. And that is a little weird, perhaps. Um, but I don't know if they're even recording it. You know more about data storage than I do. Like, the, the, the to keep... A hundred million calls to just the storage of that. So they, it's not like they're even keeping all the calls to listen to them. They're just it's the patterns they care care about. Yeah, it's the meta, words, metadata. Like yeah, I mean, you could be talking to your grandma about tuna casserole, and you just decide to drop like ISIS in the middle yeah. of your conversation. They're yeah. gonna like, probably throw a red flag, and now <clears throat> NSA has your your grandma's tuna casserole recipe. Right. You know. <laughs> You could be a Southern in Kentucky talking about how to make a mint julep, and the next thing you know, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. on storage at the Pentagon. 
But most of the stuff, like your Google searches and all, you know, all those sort of things are recorded. Yeah. And, and I do worry about the Google searches. Not that I search for anything bad, but it's like sometimes, like, you get an idea. Or it's like you watch a movie or something and you want to know if it's realistic. So it's like, oh, can someone die by whatever poison is? Like, you just do random yeah. stuff. It's like, you know, maybe this podcast. Well, every will, skit, uh, skit writers or play, <laughs> or, uh, playwrights. Yeah, they have all sorts of weird searches. I've searched out to make a bomb for a show and okay. all sorts of stuff. But it's because you're researching skits or bits or that sort of thing. But yeah. yeah. You would hope it's it's the number of searches versus just right. one's going to yeah. hit the radar, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about anybody else, but like, because I, I do Google a lot of like, how do I fix the the sink is like the the knob won't turn the water won't turn off so i google like if i actually am going to do something i'm going to google it at least six times yeah <laughs> reading the, the instructions once is not gonna get it cut well when i googled how to make a bomb mm -hmm. um i also did other intentional googles around that <laughs> okay like, how for a bomb for a play how to make it yeah. look like a right. bomb from the 70s yeah. A bomb, writing, making a bomb look like a prop. Like, yeah. like I wanted to, yeah. how to make yeah. a real yeah. bomb, but I did fake searches so that you knew it wasn't for a real bomb. Yeah, yeah. right. Or like yeah, typing in how how to let people know how much you love America, like yeah. or how to be a true patriot. Well, actually, that might backfire because they're like, oh, this is this may be a Timothy McVeigh type. Right, might be up in Oregon, no. yeah, camping out in a wildlife refuge. <laughs> I was worried that was gonna come up. <laughs> the Oregon militia thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's uh, stuff going on up there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I that dude from Arizona that was uh, camping in front of all the the uh, the Muslims. Yeah, he's yeah. up there, and on the way here, uh, one of our competitors, NPR. Let's. No, pretend that's one of our competitors, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We're gonna take them down. Uh, we're gonna take them. They were talking about how. The, the journalist was really pushing to get into places and everybody met was not from around Oregon and the two family that they originally went there to protect don't want them there yeah yeah it's it's not gonna help their their cause at all so it's rather a silly a silly thing trying to yeah. other places where like outsiders will come in and take over uh uh, a local argument and then just totally blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a pattern that uh, that happens quite frequently. That happened here with Brewer. Not to get too political. Do you all ever get political on this thing? Um, uh, it's okay to get political. I think we tend yeah. not to, but you yeah. you can certainly sure sure yeah. sure. Let's get let's dig right in. She uh, was even the Republicans didn't like her, and then 1070 made her a national hero, and it was all outside money that got her reelected. And it's weird in this day and era of information spreading so rapidly, and people hearing about all the little niche causes that they want. It can like. Like maybe in the let's say the seventies and even the eighties and probably the nineties, like if you had a local two people fighting, it would stay just two people fighting. But now it can very quickly escalate mm -hmm. and become this whole all the symbolism thrown on top of stuff that's just you know you never wanted it to be that big. 
Yeah, yeah. Where the stakes are super, super low, but because it's a symbolic victory, then everybody, everybody has a, an opinion, a hot take. And uh, I think that's probably the the worst part of it for me is everyone's opinions. <laughs> Not a not an opinion person i guess but it's so all right and we are back from break and um before we left we had a very intriguing topic about being a parent how much eavesdropping is right how do you eavesdrop in a digital realm where things are so protected the, the good news about uh about having teenagers that uh I think nobody tells you about, um, and I'm sure this was true of us when we were that age, is they are ridiculously unskilled liars, and you can see so right through them. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing how much you think like how dumb they must think. <laughs> well, I was with my niece and nephew over Christmas, and they're only uh, three and two, right? Yeah, and so. When one of them was misbehaving, you knew just because she was acting so different. So I don't think it's just that they're not obvious. Mm -hmm. Is that you've watched them for a lifetime, right. so you know exactly you know, mm -hmm. how they handle how they every think situation. too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably pro there's probably a lot of truth to that. But even when I was teaching, like especially because I mostly did high school, so I had like freshmen and sophomores, and in that range. They are so not grown up, and they will try to say the dumbest lies. Just to, to I remember saying that to one of my coworkers. Like it, you can tell, kind of how dumb somebody is by how dumb they think you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, as a teenager, I had all sorts of dumb lies. Like, and you know, this is a a, a confession on the podcast. Um, I had procured a pack of cigarettes from uh, a friend's parents and I I hid it in this like little like trunk in my room and I like I came up with what I thought was an awesome explanation like I'm like if my parents find this I'm going to tell them this so <laughs> of course my mom finds the pack of cigarettes I'm like oh you don't get it we were gonna you know we took that because we wanted to do like a joke with them we wanted to put like one of those little like exploding <laughs> exploding things uh -huh. not a firecracker but i know you could get them at prank shops i'm like oh we were gonna do a prank with that i wasn't gonna smoke them um mom and dad i smoke them sorry what is sorry it? for lying you knew i was lying yeah. <laughs> did they didn't call you out on it they let you get away you with know the what? i don't remember i I, I I bet they probably did call me out, but I, I yeah I just thought I had this ingenious uh, explanation. Oh yeah, if they find that, I'm just gonna tell them that. Like that makes total sense. They didn't take you out back and make you smoke the whole pack. <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, here's something um, for our crafty listeners. Um, has everyone used a hot glue gun? Oh yeah. And you have the little glue like stick, mm -hmm. basically. Not a glue stick, but it's a little. You put in the back of the thing and it melts in your hot glue gun. It's roughly the size and shape of a cigarette. Yeah. And if you have access to craft paint, you can kind of pull off a, a 
looks like a cigarette from across the street right or in a dark room or you know possibly um my wife and i could have done that to her mom oh, back when her mom smoked and just replaced this thing won't stay one. lit <laughs> wait replacing a cigarette with a glue stick yeah okay that's a that's so a funny she joke would, yeah. she would light off the glue stick is the yeah, idea. yeah yeah that's pretty good yeah get this glop of glue on her thigh and <laughs> yeah. she tries to take a drag of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, she figured it out before she had inhaled too yeah. many glue fumes. When I was a kid. Otherwise, yeah. um, <laughs> she would have run off and joined the Ramones or something. <laughs> get addicted to this. Yeah, she could have become yeah. a glue huffer. Uh, yeah, huffer, yeah. Your, I would have, uh, yeah, I would have life. felt bad that. Had that on your conscience forever. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, when I was in eighth grade, my dad was going through my drawers, uh, meaning... The cabinet, not mm-hmm. you know, no, not sure, sure, Catholic priest drawer situation, <laughs> and uh, he was to clean them out, right? And my parents yeah. didn't have any concept of like privacy; they just it just didn't even occur to them. So he's going through there to straighten them up, and I'm running in front of him, taking out all the contraband. So I grabbed some cigarettes, uh, a couple empty lighters, some firecrackers, and and I'm stuffing them in my pants. This is Sunday morning before church. Like he decides to clean my room before church on Sunday. So. I'm waiting out in the driveway for him, flicking the empty lighter in my pocket without even really thinking about Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I hear the shh, like the bottle rocket, right? And I'm like, holy shh. So I start trying to throw everything out of my pants. And I think I get a Kleenex out or something, and I think it's out. I'm like, whew. And then it explodes. Oh, my god! so I had this fairly palm-sized black hole in my pants. <laughs> and like oh a bird. I was fine. But it was kind of over my knee, so I was like, dude, I can pull this off. I could, I just got to get inside, have another pair of Sunday pants, I'll, I'll hide these, I'll get the other Sunday pants, and then like, and apparently I walked in that house and my mom turned around and saw me, and her version is that I was like, white as a ghost. <laughs> right? and she's like, what's what's happening, Kevin? I'm like, oh, no, no everything's fine, as I kind of like half limp across the kitchen trying to cover the hole with my hand. No, my hand's on my knee for no particular reason. I, yeah. I just, uh, just... Somebody just told me a good knock-knock joke and I'm mid-slap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I accidentally lit off a, a smoke bomb in the house. I just one of those, like, little like, circular ones. Like, I was just playing with a lot... Like, when you're a teenager, you're so stupid. Like, I was just playing with the lighter near the smoke bomb and, of course, like, the fuse lit and I tried to put it out with my finger burnt my fingers and like all of this smoke was in my room and uh i did i did get caught on the i can imagine that i I have a bad thing like just fear of smoke bombs when we were we did ffnl a season and a half ago we had the Mm -hmm. i guess it's a season now but we had that one finale where we lit smoke bombs from backstage except the wind was blowing onto the stage so you would just get this yellow and brown like smoke bomb smoke like yeah. throughout the entire stage and just choking on it. I, oh, it's like Agent Orange, and that that show's been firebombed, not firebombed, been uh, <laughs> smoke bombed three separate times. Was that a, was that a Travis James? Was that him? The first was Michael Twenty Three smoke bombing the show during right. the news because right. we were doing something about a riot. Yeah, half the audience left. A year and a half later. <laughs> 
we smoke oh, so bombed. On so we, yeah. on were these yeah. were these friendly smoke bombings or malicious the first two smoke were, bombings? Were friendly, okay. And we didn't learn the lesson. And then the third was uh, one of our audience just decided to light one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. Smoke bombs are not good at shows. Do no. Not, do not smoke bomb. Ryan Avery smoke bomb Space 55 and was banned for a while. I think. Oh. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I'm not a fan of. Spoke bombs and live shows. Don't even let them in the room. Yeah. No. Keep them away. I will surveil audience members for smoke bombs <laughs> yes. before yeah. the show. One of one of my son's friends, they had he had like ten people stay over for I don't remember what the event was. It was sometime during the summer. A room full of teenage boys. Terrible idea. Never do it. Um, <laughs> one of them decided at like two o'clock in the morning, I bought this can of I can't remember if it was called fart spray or liquid ass. <laughs> it was called both things by the people in the house, but pretty much cleared out our house for the night. And then, like, uh, just from one yeah. spray of it. Yeah, it was it was awful. I mean, it didn't linger. So, I mean, yeah. we got the smell out, but oh man, I have awful. read Amazon reviews on this product, and people, <laughs> yes. Uh, there are many testimonials to uh, its effectiveness as a uh, oh. disgusting thing. I want to know what, yeah, I want to know what, like, customers who bought this also bought. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to know how they make it. Like, what are, like, is it just random chemicals that smell I'm, like that? I'm, I'm wonder, they probably, yeah, yeah they, they probably, like, synthesize, like, they... They reverse engineered like the worst <laughs> yeah. diarrhea and worst neighborhood to live in. Yeah, like you thought the sriracha factory was bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Live beside that one. The liquid imagine, ass factory. Can you imagine that guy is like, I went to, <laughs> I went to four years of school as a chemistry major, I have my master's degree in molecular biology, and here I am. Making farts reverse, in a spray yeah, can. Reverse engineering a big pile of dog shit. <laughs> well, yeah, they're going to do a second season of Breaking Bad, and that's that's the uh, Charlie <laughs> oh, teacher. Oh. He's a fart, <laughs> fart doctor. It's called Breaking yeah. Wind. Yeah. yeah. Breaking oh. Wind. <laughs> it's going to take place in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the, the whoopee cushion needs a redesign for uh, 2016, right? Like, yeah, I think that's the... All of these gags need to be re-engineered to, to really reach out to millennials uh, in their extreme tastes. But not things. smoke bombs. They're the worst. And they're such a stupid <laughs> firecracker. I was like, why as a kid would you even take a smoke bomb over anything else? It doesn't explode. It just... Yeah. Cre it's like not even fun. It's like a little pitiful purple cloud of toxic shit. Right? Yeah. When you could get a bottle rocket or like anything else. Black cats, M80s. You got to go with the explosive stuff. Yeah. That's right? way more fun than a bunch of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big weenie about all that stuff. And my favorite is the sparkler. And even yeah. that is more interesting than <laughs> yeah. the smoke bomb. What were those little sparkler? What were those little snake things that were really lame? Oh, just I loved those as a kid, though. Yeah. Oh, or they would just like burn and smoke up like a, like a coiled up snake? Yeah, just a yeah. little weird coil of, of burn. a, a yeah. burning ember. Yeah. The first Another lame you, firework. You would light it and not think... You would think it's a dud even though it did what it was supposed right. to do. Right. Yeah. Like, that can't be the purpose of this thing. But it did... I remember being really, really young, like early elementary school, and thinking it was like disturbing because it looked like something was crawling out of the ground. But it probably lost its effectiveness <laughs> when I was 
seven. <laughs> Six is the prime age yeah. for those little snakes. But seven, you're you're jaded and <laughs> sparklers take you back to like an age of innocence. It's like the only firecracker yeah. like all other firecrackers it's yeah. it's a sense of like it reminds you of when you were a first a rebel as a child. Yeah. But a sparkler for some reason is <laughs> is weirdly uh, innocent and, yeah. and wholesome. Yeah. Which are still like weirdly like really dangerous. I was at uh, a, f- a friend who has kids at a party like a number of months ago and they had sparklers and there were these like six year old kids running around with sparklers like at eye level to other kids like waving them. It's like that's a hot piece of metal. <laughs> like right. we don't want any of these children to be blinded. But yeah, um, yeah I do think that that's uh, you know, for a kid to have that, that is, like, such a special thing. Because it's, it's kind of dangerous, but, um, yeah, it's it's entrusting them with, also with such a thing. Also reminds me of the golden age of science fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sparklers do? Yeah. Because they were on the back of fake on the rock. back of, like, rockets. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Flash like How Gordon. many kids, like, taped 500 of them to the back of their radio flyer and had their friend pull them. Oh, you know? that would be amazing. Yeah. I would, yeah. I would still I would do, that do that as an right adult. Now. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> we're gonna, we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> well, as a kid, we tried um, duct taping. Well, we successfully duct taped some model rocket engines on a skateboard, but that did not provide us with the thrust to the. It we, just blew apart your skates. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like. We, uh, yeah, the engineering was not very solid on that. <laughs> Have I already told the story of my like sixth or seventh grade friend with the rubbing alcohol mm. lighting himself on fire? Uh, no, this <laughs> sounds like a good story. I had a friend that I went to elementary and, and junior high with, and uh, he learned this trick where he could take a little bit, just a little bit of rubbing alcohol, like stick your finger in the bottle. And then light your finger on fire, and it would burn really fast, and you wouldn't even feel it. Right. So he would show this trick off to people, and one time we were in his backyard with some friend of a friend, some kid I didn't even really know, and uh, that kid wanted to try it too. So he took the bottle of rubbing alcohol and apparently hadn't watched how the trick was done, because he dumped it on himself, just all over, just his whole forearm. Mm. And then, and nobody said, like, that's too much. Don't light yourself on fire. So he did. And he also missed the stop, drop, and roll lecture. So he was waving his arm wildly all through the backyard and and teaching us new cuss words. And they had an above-ground pool, but it was, like, the middle of winter. And I don't know if they had even used it in years. So it was all green, mm. and the only thing he could think of to do to put his hand out was to stick it into this nasty, nasty pool, algae-covered pool. And it did continue to burn for almost a second after right. underwater. It, it, kept, it kept going until it was out of, out of alcohol, I think. So probably didn't even yeah. do any good to stick yeah. it in the pool. Yeah. But uh, that's still totally a cute yeah. thing to do. Yeah. I, yeah. Think that, I think that's how the Toxic Avenger was created. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that was the origin story. <laughs> Your friend has yeah. a toxic hand. Yeah. It was yeah. The but, toxic yeah, hand. My friend was Melvin. Melvin. I don't remember. Melvin's oh, with a name, name like that, you deserve to have yeah. stupid things happen yeah. to you. Yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, you know, w- with all of these stories, yeah, these are all good reasons for you parents out there to eavesdrop on your children. Yeah, yeah. At all, t- at any time, find out what they're gonna do because because they're gonna do something really it's, dumb. It's pretty yes. dumb. It's well, inevitable. The, the government has the ability to hear key <laughs> words, right? So at some point, that's gonna be affordable to like average American, okay, right? Okay, yeah. So as a parent, like. Let's say you could only like afford five words. You have to <laughs> you have to pay ten bucks for each word, right? Okay. Oh, okay. So firecrackers are probably a good uh-huh. one. Yeah. Sex. Even yeah. though you get a lot of false positives. You would. Kids yeah. talk would. about sex a lot, way more than they actually do. Yeah. Firecrackers, sex, uh, heroin. I'd yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Boone's Farm. Well, that would be two words. So that uh... <laughs> that count as one. But I don't think we ever called it Boone's Farm growing up. We always yeah. called it the flavor. I the flavor? No. Oh, oh Strawberry I, I, Hill was the big one that uh, oh. like I didn't know until years later that Strawberry Hill and Boone's Farm were the same thing. Right. <laughs> Did you have code names in case your parents were listening in? Um, probably. We had a top pile of all my friends' uh-huh. parents listened in on their phone calls like uh-huh. on a regular basis. This was. I, I, yeah, I still use code code words now, mm-hmm. like uh, with my fiance. Like when we go to buy weed, like oh, she's okay. always concerned that her work is listening in on Facebook Messenger. I was like, your elementary school has better things to do than eavesdrop. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, just call them sandwiches. I'm like, all right. And so I'll message her one day. I'll be like, I'm gonna go pick up a couple of sandwiches, and she'll take it literally. And so now I have to find a way to craft the conversation. Like, no, I mean the other sandwiches. Yeah. What do you mean other sandwiches? I told you I wanted ham. No, no, it's no, no. Special sandwiches it seems too obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, right. You know the wink wink sandwiches. Yeah. The one with extra cheese. Yeah. The one with a whole lot of lettuce. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Guacamole is extra. Yes. Well, um, we have reached the end of the podcast oh, Rick yeah. um, so we do have time to do I think we have explored the uh, benefits of eavesdropping as well yeah. as the negatives um, yeah. so we do have time to go around for a quick round of plugs here so I'm going to pass the plug baton to you oh okay um, let's see what's going on this month um, I'm doing a uh Super, I think I plugged this last week, but a super rare um, stand-up appearance this Ooh. month at uh, at the um, third space for um, this day in history. I will also 14th. be on that show. Oh, awesome! Excellent. Awesome. I'm still deciding what I'm going to do, but I think I have a pretty good idea. So, so cool. Yeah, go. Come, people go see Rick. Come out for that, and you can also follow me on Twitter at. R. Larson 4. Um, and that would be awesome. Um, Kevin, what do you have coming up? Um, I have two things I guess I'll plug. Is One is at Torch Theater. Every Saturday night in January at 8, we're doing an improv film where we take suggestions from the audience and film it immediately and doesn't get edited. just goes straight to the projector. Uh, and those, we did one... This Saturday worked really well. Mm-hmm. I um, was at that. That was a super fun show. Yeah, People you. should check that out. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, big, big ensemble. And the other one is um, started a SoundCloud profile. I want to do like two-minute skit comedy 
I'm calling them plays. Okay. So if anybody out there has a two-minute skit they'd, they'd like to, you know, get out in the universe, I'm uh, taking all the submissions. I'm writing it myself right now. Uh, and that's. Uh, I'll give you a hint of what the name of the the uh, it is is a uh, it's a name we've used before. It's, oh, it's huh. stationary hobo is the uh, SoundCloud <laughs> nice. profile. Nice. So I think that yeah, that's a great name that never got uh, fully fully, used. fully yeah. utilized. So I, I support your decision. Excellent. Uh, I've got two things coming up, uh, both at the Firehouse Gallery downtown, ten fifteen North First Street, Phoenix, right downtown by the uh, Roosevelt Light Rail stop. Uh, January 29th will be Comedy on Fire. It's my long-running Final Friday comedy show that you've been a part of before. Um, and that runs from 8 to about 10.30. And then February 9th at the Firehouse Gallery again with uh, Mishka Shubali and JT Habersat. It's uh, uh, run by Doug Stanhope's Celebrity Death Pool, Ooh. which is uh, oh, cool. it's very literal. They do a death pool online, and you get to win stuff if you guess things correctly uh, for celebrity wow. deaths. But it's... Uh, it's kind of a punk rock comedy show, uh, music mixed up with it. And we're hoping to get uh, Scorpion versus Tarantula or Father's Day out there as well. So it'd be a good night for comedy. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Jeff? Oh, um, let's see. What do I have going on? Um, just follow me on Twitter, at Jay Cardello, at J-C-A-R-D-E-L-L-O. Awesome. Cool. Thanks to our guests. And, yeah, thank uh, you guys. Thanks again to Gangplank for uh, putting us up in this fancy, fancy room. Thank Soundproof. you, Gangplank. Yeah. Yeah. Soundproof-ish. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thanks again for listening, and enjoy the rest of your internet. <laughs>